Yo, 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 what's going on, man? It's your boy Buff from Corn Boy Entertainment, and it's with me as always. Dirty, dirty, baby, what's going on? Yes, 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 and today we got a show for y'all, man. It's an interesting show. I'm pretty sure everybody's going to be in tune and trying to stay live with this. It's going to be a, 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 a mind blower, an eye opener, you know? It's going to be something that, it's going to leave you with something to think about when you leave today, you know what I'm saying? Today... I got somebody special here today. Special, a man. master teacher, Priyank, uh, Temple of House of Life. I'm talking about Booker T. Coleman. He used to go by, but now he go by the name of Kaba Kamine. What's going on? Kaba, how you doing, brother? Brother, everything is excellent. Been looking forward to this conversation, brother. I've been looking everything forward for it. This is, this is something special to me, because like I was telling my brother and I was telling a few people, uh, this is a master teacher to me. Like, uh, I was talking to Kaba too as well about this. I was telling him my transition, how everything came to be with me, because I was one of them guys who was just out there doing this thing, ain't caring about the world outside of me. You know what I'm saying? I was one of those guys who was in the box. I never tried to explore out, you know? And I had a situation where my mom passed. And this was a couple years, like two years down the line went, you know, I'm, I'm still in my black spot, don't know what's going on, don't know how I'm going to get out. And one day, this is a funny story, y'all, because one day I, I, I read on a man's shirt on Facebook, it said, who did black people pray to before slavery? Now, now I, I looked at it, don't get me wrong, and the first thing I did was kept on scrolling. I went right past it, kept on scrolling, but it was in the back of my head for about two or three days before I was finally like, you know what, I need to go look into this. And on my journey of going to look, I'm finding, this ain't take no one or two days, by the way. This ain't no three or four days. This ain't a week. This wasn't a month. I, I, I'm like 11 months in, a year in now of straight studying and finding and trying to figure out what's going on. And what's funny is all this took me somewhere else. It, it wasn't here no more. If you go deeper and deeper to deeper, I went, all I seen was black. I kept on scrolling, all I see was black. So I kept on going. I thought I was an Israelite at the time. I thought I was everything else in the world. I, that's, what, that's how farther and farther stuff going back. And one day I ran into a man. I'm on YouTube. I just happened to run across a man. His name was Booger T. Coleman at the time. Cobble. I got Cobble here with me. It was Booger T. Coleman at the time. And when I say open my eyes, I really mean open my eyes to something totally different. It, it, it led me on the path to go back straight. It led me on the path to find what I was really looking for. And everything was almost, if not accurate, to the T. And in my journey of that, I learned more. I found a lot more. And now my eyes are just blown wide open that I am no longer inside the box, can't stay inside the box. I'm so far gone. It's crazy. And I still got a lot more to learn. I've been following a lot of teachers besides just Dr. I mean, Professor Cobble which is a brilliant man, by the way, and, I, and I'm honored to have him on our show today. Kyle, how you feeling, brother? Brother, I am feeling excellent, and I appreciate that introduction, brother, because that's really what I'm trying to do, 
is just to make us think. Like I tell folk all the time, brother, you know, it's not about you uh, believing me. I, I'm not talking for you to believe me. I'm just trying to present another way of looking at it. Like, for instance, your question, who did we worship before slavery? You know, yes. that makes you think. Yes. You know, before we were enslaved, where were we? What did we do? What did we live? Uh, what foods did we eat? You know, like, who were we? That's the question. And yes. from that question comes all the other searches that each of us have to make. And so my thing is not to have people believe me. In fact, I'd be discouraged if people believed me just off the bat. Because I want you to think. I want you to do the research. And one of the things I do, brother, as you know, is I always drop book names of books, yes. places that I got information from, because yes. I want you to go there. And I want you to check it out for yourself and come to your own conclusions. But I always leave information because I just don't want to spout off things, ask you to think, and then don't give you the resources that I've used. Correct. In order to get to that conclusion. We're a great people. And that's the problem. Yes. Those that aren't great know we're great. And they want to make sure that we never figure that out. <laughs> yes, yes. My job is to make sure you do. <laughs> that's correct. That's correct. And and so much, it, it's like when I, when I got to watching it and got to studying and learning so much, about you, like you even say yourself, you you still got a lot to learn. You're a master teacher here, but you still got a lot to learn. You learn every day. That's what I like about it. And it's it just so mind-blowing. A lot of the information that I was getting, like you said, you do okay. name, you do book drop, and you do names. That that would lead me to John Henry Clark. Rest in peace, that brother soul. That was a, a brilliant man. I advise everybody to go look him up if y'all haven't studied on John Henry Clark yet. But... My man, Kaba, have put me into so many things and so many stuff that it's ridiculous. Like I said, you guys, it's just something to look at. I just, um, I want to know, um, what is it that you're telling us and want us to look up? Oh, well, that's so many subjects, because it could be from, like, like subjects that I like, Shabaka Stone for once. Or 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 the the origin of the white man, the Moors. If you ever watched the documentary of Hidden Colors, it explains a lot in all those documentaries what needs to be told. I don't think this hour, this two hours, going to be enough time to even expose so much stuff. You know, it, it could never be, brother. Just like what you said. Here's what I tell people: the more I learn, the more I learn, how much more I have to learn. Exactly. What I have noticed in my research is if I have a question and I seek the answer to that question, when I find that answer to that question, all of a sudden I got seven more questions. Exactly. And if, if somebody were to say, like brother say, which I think is very important, where do we start? Where do we start? For a brother or sister listening to this program, maybe I'm talking to you on the block, and they say, yo, brother, I checked you out. I saw one of your YouTubes, man. You kind of made me want to think, but man, where do I start? Start with you. 
Start with you. Yes. The man in the middle. That's it. That's it. Start with you because Dr. Clark, his first homework assignment for me, when I, I met him when I was 12 and a half, and one of the first lessons that he taught me, and one of the first homework assignments that he gave me the day that I met him, he told me to go into my, go, when I go home, look in the mirror and tell the person that I'm looking at, I love you and mean it. He yes. said, because if you can't love yourself, there is nothing anyone else outside of you can do for you. So true. So true. And that becomes important, brother. What, what brought you on your journey was a piece of information that sparked a sense of self-love. Like, who am I? You know? And, <laughs> like, who, who was my God before this white man's God? Right. And when you can when you can answer that question, when you can understand the formation of the concept, all of the answers, it's funny how the creator and the ancestors will supply for you all the things that you need to know. The creator and ancestor is a spiritual energy system that exists that is within us. Each and every one of us is the creator, having a human experience. So when we ask the question, who did our ancestors worship before they were enslaved? They worship themselves, other people, and nature. Yes. And in so doing, they created civilizations that would bring forward the pyramids, bring forward um, educational systems, social society. And I'm talking about the original family, the original human beings who are called the Twa Mbuchi. They are derogatorily called the pygmy. But they are the original family that brought forward civilization and language, concept of the creator. They call the creator Ileana, representing that that vital energy force that exists in the cosmos and dwells within us. It got us up this morning. It's allowing me to talk and you to talk right now. Ileana. Yeah. <laughs> energy. That was the creator to the original people. Yes. Speaking of original people, that's that's something I definitely a uh, conversation to get in on um how it all began, how it started, how the evolution really is, and um, how, how it came to be. Because uh, I know people always think, oh, okay, there was like uh, uh, monkeys coming out of the caves. You know what I'm saying? But uh, people, that's a question that everybody be wanting to ask. Can you explain a little bit on that, Brother Cobble? Let me, let me give you my research. And please, family, let me say something to you so we all understand. Nothing that I say is written in stone. Uh, I am extremely lucky and favored by the Creator, as all of us are, for having had in my life people like Professor John Henry Clark and Joseph Ben Yikinen and Asa Hilliard and Shashi McIntyre and Jerry Price. I could go through the list of scholars who have joined the ancestors and some are still with us right now. 
such as Dr. Leonard Jeffries and, and, and Professor James Smalls. These are brilliant scholars that have shared information, and I've had the, uh, the, the benefit of being with them and learning from them. But at the same time, I am attempting to take this information that has been hidden, and I'm attempting to use my experiences with those that came before me, just as John Henry Clark and Yosef Ben Yikinen specialized and was introduced to this information by people like Arturo Schomburg. Arturo Schomburg was to Dr. Clark what I say Dr. Clark was to me. Correct. And so what I am presenting at this point that I'm talking to you about is thanks to another brother that you really need to talk to. His name is Dr. Ober Tashaka. He's mm. out of California, San Francisco to be exact. He wrote a book titled The Integration Trap. And in this book, he talks about the original human beings that laid out the original foundations for society, how a society functions. The people I'm talking about are the Twa and Buti. They're also in South Africa, they're called the Khoi Sa. They're a very short statured people. Somewhere uh, between, some, some are three foot eight to four foot one. These are the original human beings. They would turn into and become all the other people that exist. Now, I know that we have been indoctrinated into what's called the Abrahamic faith system, which I would say is Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, all based on this individual that they call Abraham, who, by the way, family, never existed. But that's another side point. The point that I'm trying to make is that when you go back into what we call evolution, the development of the human family, there are various steps that humanity took to get to where they are right now. There is a relationship with our common ancestor. Some people call the common ancestor Ramapithecus. But this ancestor lived somewhere around 10 million years ago in Africa, in Central and South Africa. But a branch of that Ramapithecus went down on the savannah. They, they, they got out of the trees and they came down on the earth and started to walk. In so doing, they had to develop a certain lifestyle. Now, the reason why they, they left the, the trees, there's a lot of different reasons. And research, as we go through this, will prove it even further. But first of all, they were multiplying and there, was no, there wasn't that much room in the tree no more. They had to go down on the ground. Some of them were thrown. Some ended on the ground because they fell out the tree and remained on the ground. But the ones that came down on the ground became who we call the early forms of the hominid, H-O-M-I-N-I-D. The ones that remained in the tree, we call the pongid, P-O-N-G-I-D. The, the pongids in the tree continued living their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And right now we call them apes and gorillas, orangutans, chimpanzees. And the ones that came down on the earth went through an evolution 
that we are the end result for. There are six forms of the hominid, according to Sheikh Nadia, his book, Civilizational Barbarism, Part One, The Origins of Life in Africa, tells us that there were six forms of humans. The earliest were known, there was two in the earliest groups. They all belong to what's called the Australopithecine. Now, now, fam, I'm going to spell this because I just don't want to throw these words out. Yes. Because for those who want to do more research, let me give you the spelling. Australopithecine, which is A-U-S-T-R-A-L-O-P-I-T-H-E-C-U-S, or C-I-N-E, or Australopithecine. There were two groups in the Australopithecines in the early life of humanity. Australopithecus robustus, which was that robust, sick brother and sister. And then they refined their body form and they became Australopithecus gracile, G-R-A-C-I-L-E. Now, something happened in Australopithecus uh, uh, gracile that made them expand their lifestyle. And what happened was the expansion of the thought of using the environment in order to promote a better lifestyle, which led to who we call homo habilis, H-A-B-I-L-I-S, which is the human of ability. This is the tool maker. This is the one that began to realize, well, I can use sticks and rocks and my environment to uh, live a better lifestyle. That ability to do tools and use tools to advance your culture, your community, led to that human standing up erect. That is the fourth form of human known as homo erectus. Homo erectus changed the entire structure of the human family, and Homo erectus gave birth to Homo sapiens. Now, the evidence of life coming out of Africa is that the first three forms I just told you about, Australopithecus robustus, Australopithecus gracile, and Homo habilis, can only be found in Africa by millions of years. Homo erectus is the first human to leave Africa and go to Saudi Arabia, go into parts of Europe, Asia. Now, Homo sapiens gave birth to Homo sapiens sapiens, and about 200,000 years ago, there was a form of Homo sapiens sapiens in Central and South Africa that began to hunt and gather for food. These were the Twa people the Twa Mbuti, the original human family, was nobody else on the earth when they existed. Right. And they existed for a very, very long time before Europeans even existed. Right. Hmm. And then you had the Kushite, you had the Twa that would go and create West Africa, the, the, the ones that would perfect the civilizations of South Africa, the Khoi and the San. You have Africans that would go into East Africa and create the Kush Empire 
uh, create Kemet or what we call Egypt, all Twa people, but different forms of Twa people. And that's science. See, fam, that's why they didn't, that's why they forbid us to read. Yeah. They forbid us to read because they knew Brother Cabo was going to find something out. <laughs> they, they get on the radio and tell people about it. That's why they forbid you to read. Correct. Because if you knew who you were, you wouldn't wonder what you got to do. You would just do it. Exactly. I think uh, I think Malcolm X said something like that. He said, uh, "You want to uh, find find something to hide from niggas? Put it in a book. Put it in a book. They'll never find it." <laughs> I think that's what uh, Brother Malcolm X said one time. Yeah, that is it. But you see, the key is is that not all of us go by that, particularly our brother Malcolm and others who have studied and have read this material and understand. Who we are as the people, but more importantly, what do we have to do? Exactly. You know, it's great to know who you are, but what are you going to do about it once you know? Exactly. And for me, that becomes the challenge. Right. I don't think that's just for you. I believe that was uh, for me myself, because all this knowledge I'm getting is like what I want to do with it. And, and, and I told myself, I am in entertainment. I do do stuff like this and that. I knew one of these days, I was like, I got to have, I got to talk about this stuff. Because I know some people get in their awkward place when, you know what I'm saying, you, you, you find out some knowledge like this and you go spit it to them. They be like, ah, nah, 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 I want to hear that. You on that black stuff. I'm like, man, you black. You know what I'm saying? You should be wanting to know this type of information to educate yourself, yeah. bro. Because as soon as you find out what you is and what you can do, like you said, anything, sky's the limit. It's just, you know, you gotta you gotta open your eyes for that. But there's some people who just like living living that lifestyle. They bred to it basically. You know what I'm saying? They grown up like this. They ain't never had no information like that before. They wouldn't never. know what to do with it at this time. You know what I'm saying? They should have heard that when they was kids. That's why I, I'm that's, teaching my that's kid. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, I you know, I taught I taught every grade. My background for those that may not know me is I'm I'm a New York City Board of Education teacher. And I spent and retired after 31 years, three months and 15 days, teaching our children in South Central Bronx. I taught every grade, including high school, and I taught college for 14 years. Yes. I taught every grade and I taught every subject. And I've watched our people and I've watched our children. And I understand, family, why we do what we do. I understand why we would turn away from our history and our culture. I understand why we would put guns to each other's heads to blow them off. I understand. We are a people who have been systematically and purposefully underdeveloped. Correct. And it's important that we don't give that as an excuse, but we understand that that's a reason. If, you, if we understood what actually happened to us on the plantations of this hemisphere, here is where I'm including brothers and sisters from the Caribbean, Central and South America. Mm -hmm. What Europeans did to African people, mentally, physically, 
spiritually and soulfully. I have to admire us for still being here. Make me no difference, you pimp, prostitute, gangbanger. If you black and still alive in 2021, I ain't got nothing but love and respect for you. Because we're not supposed to be here. Mm -hmm. Right. But what I tell the fam is, while I get you in, <laughs> let me tell you something about yourself. Exactly. What your potential is. Exactly. We are a survivor race. We are strong. We weak about them that survive a lot of stuff. And I say I can actually vouch for the hard-haired ones that ain't open their eyes yet. I'm one of those. So you know what I'm saying? But I am a good listener and a good learner. So you know what I'm saying? All the new things that I can learn and show me and all that, I definitely can check it all now. So I'm, I'm, I'm loving this interview right now. First, I was, I, was, I, was, right. I was, you know what I'm saying? But I like this. Oh, yeah. I yeah. like this. My brother was like My brother was one of those. I'm a you know high head. I'm a high head. I'll tell him about it. I'm a high you know head. I, I mentioned you a few times. I mentioned you to my family. I ain't going to stunt. You know, I talked to my brother about it. You know what I'm saying? Don't get me wrong. We had days. He listened. You know what I'm saying? But it, it's like it's like it's different when, you know what I'm saying, that mug is, that person, that other entity is in your face. You so know what I'm saying? saying like that's what I'm saying. I'm a high head, to. so if you can, give me some knowledge, brother. Talk to me. Let me hear something. Yeah, like. Speak like, to me. Like, you know uh, that? uh, that's another, I, another I, subject. I ain't out there like that. I got you. I got you on the good one. That's another subject I want to talk about. Speaking of survival and, and how we can also survive things, brother Kappa, I wanted you to uh, talk to the people on on a subject that I think a lot of people needs to hear. You know what I'm saying? But I, I want to talk about the the development, how how we survived the ice age and what happened, because I, I don't think people hear about that. It ain't in no history books. I don't hear about that. You know what I'm saying? I've been a whole different story. And uh, I, I want you to jump onto that that subject if that was okay with you. Absolutely. When remember going back to some of the things I said about the early human beings traveling out of Africa. Well, Homo sapiens and Homo sapiens sapiens also traveled out of Africa, but every form of humanity was born in Africa and traveled across the globe. What you hear Eurasians talking about today is they're trying to call what they call the polygenetic, which means that humanity evolved in various parts of the world, poly meaning more than one. Dr. Diop talks about the monogenetic, mono meaning one, poly meanings means more than one. The fact of the matter is all humanity was born and cultured in Africa. All six forms were born in Africa and then traveled around the world. Correct. And there were groups of Africans that left Africa. Just like some of them left the tree, some of them left Africa. Correct. And in leaving Africa, moving into Europe, when you look at a map, Go just above Africa and you'll see the Caucasus Mountains. And Africans traveled in that part of the world. Now, let me just stick a pin right there so I can come back to you. But what I also want to tell you is that 
right now everybody's talking about global warming. We see all these things happening around the world. Um, the, the, the devastating rains and floods in Germany and Belgium, the fires in Oregon and in California. We're watching all of these things happening, and we're all trying to find out what it is, but this is the Earth. This is what the Earth has been doing for millions of years. Right. And there's, there, there, there's nothing to be surprised about. Now, where we as a human family messed up, it started in about 1492 when Europeans first started doing it. They started getting real nasty with their stuff, and they polluted the water, they polluted the air, and they polluted the earth. And in so doing, they opened up a very thin layer in the ozone that's just above our atmosphere that is now allowing harmful rays of the sun to come down without being blocked by the ozone layer. But we didn't create global warming. Global warming was coming anyway. We just polluted things that allowed it to get worse. But Africans that left, I'm talking about melanated, kinky hair, wide-nosed, thick-lipped human beings were in Europe. Bang, that's the bottom line. What they didn't know was that they were in a minute they were in the middle of a warming trend. And that warming trend was going to be followed by the worm ice age. And this worm ice age, we're looking maybe at somewhere between sixty to a hundred thousand years ago. Ice ages all come out of Greenland up there in the north. And underground and they freeze the earth while they're allowing the rain to become snow, the snow to become ice. And these Africans, melanated, kinky hair, wide nose, thick-lipped human beings, caught in the ice had to adapt to this new environment, which was cold. Now, when I talk about ice age, I'm talking about temperatures that go down somewhere between 300 and 400 degrees below zero. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, and it lasts a long time. It ain't like us that go through seasons. Right. But in, the, but in the absence of the sun, these Africans had to adapt to this new way. And so they did. Well, they didn't do it, but nature did it. Is they began to get picky. straight, their nose became thin, their lips became small, and so they began to, in order to adapt to a lack of sunlight, to be able to get any type of sunlight, they adapted, and what was a melanated, kinky hair, wide nose, thick lip, human being, became a straight hair, depigmented, thin nose, thin lips, human to survive because in your skin, which is your largest organ on your body. And you see, fam, if what I'm saying to you right now may be new to you, I blame your fifth grade teacher. Because the, when I taught fifth grade, my children knew this. I taught them this. I made sure they knew about this. 
This is something we should have learned in school right. when we were young. We should have learned this. Yes. But we didn't. Let me tell you something else, and then I'm going to come back to my story. One of the things I realized about teaching every grade, being with children, by the time I was teaching college, my college students could have been my kindergarten children. In fact, some of my uh, college students, their parents could have been my kindergarten students. And so when, when I looked at the students, I came to realize that, you know, we really haven't taught ourselves because for many of the students that I had, because I was in the Black Studies Department at State University of New York in New Pulse, 82 miles north of New York. And what I came to realize when I was developing this concept is it's never too late to learn your culture and your history. It is never too late. Correct. However, if your first exposure to your culture is in kindergarten, uh, is in college, I, I liken that to giving a marathon runner water at the 24th mile of a 26-mile run. Right. You need water in after the second mile or maybe the fourth mile. Just like you need culture when you're in kindergarten. Well, first, it starts at home. First, it starts at home. But when you go to school, you should be introduced to your culture when you're in kindergarten, first grade, second grade. So by the fifth grade, my students knew this information. So if what I'm saying to you is, wow, I never heard this before, that's your fifth grade teacher's problem. That's the educational system. But family, I've been in the educational system long enough to know one thing. They're not making errors. Right. They're not making mistakes. What they're doing on purpose is to miseducate our children. Correct. They're doing that on purpose. And if I was them, I would do the same thing. But let's go back to the story. The reason why that depigmentation and that morphological, the body change occurred in the ice is because in your skin, your, your, the top of your skin is called epidermis. And what happens is that vitamin D from the from the light, heat, and sun, uh, light, heat, and sound energy from the sun relationship that allows for the formation of the healthy vitamin D that the human body needs. When you're guys, the lack of sun, you don't get to produce that. So your body will alter its existence in order to make sure it can survive. And what happened was depigmentation. Now, my brother, I'm not sure where you're based. Like, where are you based, brother? Uh, I'm based in Aurora, Illinois, right outside Chicago. Okay. Let me get a title. All right. There we go. There we go. Okay. So, Aurora... Brother, I ain't got to tell you what happens in the wintertime, right? No. Uh, Chicago known as the Windy City, so you know. I'm in New York. It's so cold out there. So when <laughs> wintertime comes, when wintertime comes, well, let, let, let me start now. 
in July and August. Right now, because of the sun and summertime, we have become more melanated. Yeah, you're darker. Okay, no matter how melanated you may be, you get more melanated in the sun. <laughs> now, you'll notice that in January in Aurora, you're not the same complexion that you were in July. No. Even your hair texture changes. It gets straighter. This is why you see commercials now with women of European descent. They don't want to admit it, but they got kinky hair too. Mm-hmm. But they call it they call it frizz. They say frizz ease. Yeah. Okay. And they got all sorts of things to get rid of the frizz. But the frizz is the kink. Even white folk hair get kinky in the summertime. They just don't call it kinky. They call it frizzy. The human organism goes through changes because of the sun. It's simple. Europeans that we know today, by the way, are not mutations. The Europeans, that, because the ones that we know, the original Eurasians are called the Cro-Magnon. The the original African Europeans are called Grimaldi. And there's evidence. But the thing is, is that when the Cro-Magnon, when the Ice Age ended and they started traveling back south, crossing over the Caucasus Mountains, uh, the Pyrenees Mountains, the Himalaya Mountains. When they crossed back over, they still had not thawed out yet. Mentally, they were deficient. They had calcified pineal glands, and they decided that they were not going to mate with the archetype, which is the first thing every one of them should have done. The first thing every Cro-Magnon Eurasian should have done was gone into the black community in the South, found the blackest person, and mated with them. Correct. That's the only way they could survive. But what they did is that they created a concept called xenophobia, fear of the foreign, and they forbid themselves to mate with those that didn't look like them. African, the original people. So they began to inbreed amongst themselves. So the people, and the people we're dealing with today are the result of that inbreeding. The Cro-Magnon is a mutation. But the Eurasian we're dealing with today is a mutation of that mutation. We ain't even dealing with a mutation. We're dealing with a mutation of the mutant itself. So when you see them on January 6th climbing the walls of the Capitol building, defecating in the Capitol building, beating up the police who they swore Blue Lives Matter until it comes to them, you're dealing with a mutation of a mutation. Look at them. Look at how they're acting. Yeah. I don't speak in absolute, so I'm not talking about everybody. I have had the distinct pleasure of meeting good people 
in all cultures. Correct. So I don't speak in absolutes. But as a group of people, brother, they are cray-cray. <laughs> Do got their Look at them. <laughs> Look at them. You got 99% of the resources and wealth of the planet, and you still want the 1% that the poor people have. What type of monster are you? Yeah. How could you? What, you know, what dwells in your heart that you would treat people like that? That's more of a sickness or something like that, though, is that? Like... Yeah, that's a mental illness, brother. Clay, clay. Cray cray is for me when you should have been institutionalized 10 years ago. <clears throat> and if you kept acting like that, you should have been on medication for the last four. Correct. We're dealing with a cray cray people. Cray cray not crazy. Cray cray takes, clay, uh, takes crazy and puts it on steroids. <laughs> yeah, that is something else. <laughs> you really I don't believe that. me. Look at how they act. The evidence. Don't believe me. Look at them. Look at how they act. Can you explain what 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 what's the cause of this acting though? Well, the bottom line is remember, when you're in the ice and you're dealing with uh, a, a sub-zero temperatures for long extended periods of time, and, and impact a lot of people, happens right? like on on your skin. Okay. The, depigmentation, thing like that. But in your brain, in the middle part of your brain, in your limbic system, in the third ventricle of your brain, you have the pineal gland. And the pineal gland is responsible for your spiritual growth. Correct. And what happened to these individuals in the ice was pineal gland, pineal gland looks like a grape. So think of it like this. Think of a, a grape that you put in the sun. What happens to that grape? Dries up. It, it dries up. It's sun-dried. But it's the liquid that is absorbed out of the, the plump, juicy grape. The water is, is drawn out of it through the sun's heat. Think of the pineal gland. Think of the pineal gland that is um, in your brain, exposed to this cold climate. What begins to happen is that the pineal gland, responsible for your spiritual growth, is impacted by the ice. Right. And it becomes calcified. And it actually looks like a razor. A calcified pineal gland looks like a raisin because what happened is that a grape becomes a raisin through being sun-dried. Right. The pineal gland becomes calcified. The liquid of the spirit of the person is drawn out of it through freeze-dried. And that leads to the way in which they conduct themselves. Let me give us some examples. Look at, look at the way black folk dance. Okay. Look at the way white folk dance. Look at how black 
people express themselves, look at how white people express themselves. In song, their, their very best is black folk mediocre. You give me any of their performers, any of them, the very best, and I'll show you somebody that's of African descent, that they don't even come anywhere near them, as you relate. And, and I'm not going to call any names, uh, because I just don't want to go through that, but I'm talking about their very best. Show me your very best. And by the way, whenever they become really great, it's because they stole black folk stuff. Yeah. Okay? Fred Astaire, the great dancer, everybody think he's a great dancer back in the day? Yeah. But Fred Astaire admitted that he used to go to the Apollo Theater and black places to watch how black folk dance, and he would steal their, their, their dancing routines and bring it to Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> rock and roll rock and roll was a term that came out of our community you know when we were going to get it on with our sisters brothers when when we were going to have that physical connection i hope you all know what i'm talking about i call it um the clutch but to have a physical relationship we called it rock and roll we said baby we're gonna rock and roll tonight <laughs> that's where the term rock and roll came from but then they took one of theirs and made him the king of rock and roll Little Richard, Jackie Wilson Bo Diddley okay, Chuck Berry they created rock and roll and here you got this mediocre Elvis Presley come and he becomes the king of rock and roll yeah. Look, look at rap. Look at rap music. Rap mm. music came out of the community. Rap music came out of my generation. Back in the 60s. Right. Gil Scott Heron. Okay, Last Poets. Uh, Public Enemy. That came out of the streets of revolution. Yeah. Sonia Sanchez, Nikki Giovanni. Came out of our experience of being subjected for 400 years to what we experienced here in the United States. And I was in the Bronx, so I can tell you, I, re I remember everybody from Zulu Nation and, 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 and Cool Modi, uh, Cool Herc. Yeah. I worked down the block from where Cool Herc used to have his house party. It <laughs> came out of the neighborhood. It came out of our experience. Hey, but shout out to Zulu do? Nation, man. Uh, my boy IKC, man. Real good yeah, with my brother. Okay. IKC, that's my boy. That's one of my good friends. He said, he showed, said he one of the guys who started this hip-hop stuff. I had him on the show a little while ago. Uh, I actually sent okay. you the link to that. Check that out. But, uh, yeah, we, we, he's a good guy, man. Shout, shout him out. That's it. But now they're going to anoint Eminem. Now, I ain't got nothing against Eminem. I like his freeway. But he ain't no king of rap music, I'll tell you that right now. Nah. And Vanilla Ice, but he, he ain't never touched it. <laughs> but, but see, they, they, they take our thing, they steal it. But they're mediocre. Eminem could not 
stand next to some of the rappers that are out here and have been out here. Elvis Presley was a mediocre performer. Even his own uh, uh, manager said he nothing but a white boy doing a black thing. <laughs> Damn. That's just the way it is. And when we sit back and watch it, we say, wow, that makes a lot of sense. It does when you actually jazz music. It. You can go into music, entertainment. You can go into it all. Their very best is our mediocre. That's something else, man. That that that, that definitely uh, hit a lot of points right there. And you definitely said that because I, I start to notice like. Like we all say, because I'm born in the 80s, so the 90s was down there all my years growing up and stuff, and I'm just watching how we taking over every sport, then down there every song now, then now the movies, now we're driving fast. And we, we, we about took everything over itself for hockey. <laughs> we stayed off the ice. <laughs> stayed off the ice, though. But black folk created hockey. Yeah. Check out the book called Black Ice. Black folk created hockey. No, see, I didn't even know that. They took it over because, you know, black folk too much, not too much into ice. <laughs> exactly. Trying to stay you know, warm. Uh, so we like the, in the, you know, we like the indoor, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, but still, we created hockey. Just check out the book called Black Ice. Black Ice. See, yeah. you know, I understand why they didn't want us to read. And I understand why they didn't want black folk in sports. Because like you say, brother, look what's going on. We're at a point now in gymnastics. And you know what I did the other day was when they were getting ready for these Olympics. Yeah. I DVR'd a lot of TV shows that highlighted, um, like, for instance, um, man, I went back to like 1928, the Olympics of 1928. I watched uh, uh, one of the Olympics that was in the 40s. I watched one that was in the 60s. So what I did is I was just trying to see what it looked like. Yeah. There were no black people in there. No. And now when I look at it, look at what they, look at Simone Biles. Simone Biles is such a phenomenal athlete that they're telling her, you can't do this. <laughs> you ain't lying. I can't see that and, happen. And you can't do this because we can't do this. And if you do this and we can't, we will never be able to do this again because you'll set a standard that we just don't have enough to meet. The same thing with our sister, Shakari. Uh, 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 I call her Shaw. But, the, uh, but the, the fastest human on earth, Shaw Richardson. Shakari Richardson. Smoke, you know, smoke a little joint. <laughs> and, they, and, and they banned her. Okay? Now, of course, sister graciously accepted and was willing to... Um, accept what the decision was. They went a little further and said, not only can't you compete in that sport that you're going to win, 
but we're also going to stop you from even the relay race or whatever else you were going to uh, deal with because they realized that it, it, it's not going to happen no more. And then you now have a, gym, a gymnastics team that's almost all black. Not only that, but the marathon now belongs to Kenya, Uga, uh, uh, Kenya, uh, Ethiopia, and Tanzania. Because brothers and sisters have been winning the marathon ever since we've been in there. Exactly. And even in New York, the New York Marathon, the Boston Marathon, we're winning it. But, Sammy, let me tell you this. What you see us do in sports and entertainment, I'm telling you, we can do in the classroom. Exactly. I'm telling you that I can take young brothers and sisters and make it so that their teachers cannot test them because the teachers don't have the knowledge that the children have. Mm. If we ever, that's why they up here on the critical race theory thing, because they know that once we get into education and we really learn who we are, yeah. they're a thing of the past. Our inventions, our space travel, our medicine, our legal system, our political system will so far go beyond anything they have ever been able to develop. Sammy, look, the one thing that Europeans and Asians have done over the years, more than anything else, what they have done the best, is fail. They fail at everything they do. It may take them a little time, but they fail. I'll take you back to the Persians, yeah. 525. The Persians, Indo-Europeans, invade Egypt or Kemet, and they become who we call the so-called people that occupied Egypt for the first time, 525 B.C. By 332 B.C., a little over 200 years, give or take, the Greeks, Macedonians come in, because Alexander was not a Greek. In fact, Greeks didn't exist at this time. He was, he, he was from Macedonia, which is north of <coughs> what we call uh, Greece. He comes into Egypt, and he conquers the Persians. Yeah. 30 B.C., a little over 300 years, give or take, the Romans come in and defeat the Greeks. By 400 AD, the Roman Empire falls. Europe is in darkness until 710 when Africans come in and bring in African civilization, libraries. They start uh, um, in terms of writing language, music. The first music conservatory is in Spain, developed by black people. Right. They were in the dark age. We brought them out the dark age and they went through what we call the renaissance, the rebirth. The rebirth. And they brought forward Western civilization that we are now experiencing today. The point that I'm making is that any civilization that they have ever created has only lasted upwards of maybe 400 years at a pop. They never were able to sustain a civilization. But let me tell you this, the Kush Kemetic Empire, the African Empire, 
in Kemet, the old kingdom, lasted over 2,100 years. So if you took all of the different civilizations that Europeans have had and place it against just the old kingdom alone, now mind you, there's the middle kingdom, new kingdom, uh, uh, renaissance kingdom, so black folk have a lot of kingdoms, and we're just talking about Kush Kemet. I'm not even talking about Nigeria and West Africa and Southern Africa. Right. I'm just talking about Kemet. Africans had a civilization uninterrupted that lasted over 2,100 years, and these folk can't even get it right for 400 years. <laughs> and this civilization, what I call the Omen Empire, is dying. It's on its way out. But family, even if they are on their way out, are we prepared to govern ourselves? That is a good question. And we got to get ourselves together, family. Oh yeah, it's gonna take it's gonna take a lot of going, a lot of a lot of work from out like this. this, this these messages just have to go out. That's why I'm I'm out here. Trying to spread some little knowledge myself. Now, like I said, this show is, is to get out there, get to these people. And like I told everybody, two hours ain't even going to do it. You know what I'm saying? You, this, this just, oh, yeah. like, I ain't even get to get to so many conversations yet that it's crazy. And, and I'm just enjoying everything that's going on. Marcus, you, you got any questions you, you want to know about anything like that? He's telling it all, man. I just want to listen to him keep on talking, man. Tell you the truth. He put me on so much game right now, and I'm digging it. Well, you know, family, you know, one thing I think that we all should know, the message of hope is we have done this before, and we can do this again. And there's no one program that's going to do it, no matter how much time we had on this program. But, if what we talk about, brother, can make our brothers and sisters think, just as you explained in the beginning of this conversation about your coming upon a concept, who did we worship before we were enslaved? That brought you through a series of events that has now brought me and you and us to talk to each other. I've often told people, I meet folks sometimes, they're like in their 60s and 70s and 80s, and they say to me, wow, you know, I really wish that I had known this when I was a child. Right. And what I often tell them is that, well, maybe you were not ready when you were a child. You know, when, when, the, when the student is ready to learn, the teacher will appear. But the most important thing that we could do is to walk through the stargate and by walking through the stargate I mean walking through the stargate was like when you came upon that concept of who did we worship before we were enslaved once you walk through that gate you were never the same person again ever. you could never be the same person again very true once you have that ex and this conversation we haven't could be one of those experiences for a number of our people who may never have thought about what we just talked about. Cool. And they say, wow, I want to know more. And that's when I tell them, go to my website, 
www.kabakamene.com, K-A-B-A-K-A-M-E-N-E.com, and download my free e-course and study guide. Because my study guide and my e-course is what will take you through all of the books and the themes and the ideas. It's about 44 pages. And all the information, the, the guidelines of what to study. Correct. How to study. How do you study the origin of life and now? Because you see, the other thing that I want to tell you, brother, is that you are part of, we are part of the next phase of humanity. Remember I told you, Orthopithecus Robustus, Orthopithecus Gracile, yeah. Homo habilis, Homo erectus, Homo sapiens, Homo sapiens sapiens? Yes, sir. We, as Africans, here in the United States, and as well as in, in this hemisphere, but I'm going to talk to us, African-American people, and anyone and any other African that wants to embrace us, brace yourself, we are part of the seventh form of human being called super sapiens. Yeah. We are part of who I call homo perfectus. We are part of a new type of human being that has never been through what we have been through, family. Ain't nobody been through what we've been through. You're right. Nobody has been through what we have been through. And our tenacity and our strength to remain where we are tells you something about who we are as a people. And that becomes so important for us to understand how great you really are. We have gone through hell. And more. And, and more. more. But here we are, still smiling, still living, still enjoying each other's company. Okay, we got some challenges ahead. We got some things we got to do. We got to talk to some of our brothers and sisters and, 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 and get them to understand certain things about protecting the community and making sure that your community is safe, making sure that the elders feel secure. We have some work that we have to do, but the fact that we are still here is cause for celebration. And the worse it has been for us, the more the celebration we should have because we're still here. And I just salute us, I love us, I honor us, and I don't care where you are in the station of life. Like I say, you might be a young sister that we know, name Ayana, that is under a bridge in the Bruckner Expressway that when I come home, we give her a little something, something to put in her cup. Even she is a child and even she is the creator having a human experience. Oh, that's right. I don't care where you are in the station of life. I don't care what you do. There's a lot that we could do better. I try every day to improve myself. But the one thing that I know, fam, is for what we have been through, and we're still here, our ancestors didn't bring us this far to leave us like this. We still got work to do. A lot. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. 
You're right about that, brother. You're right about that, man. I'm enjoying this. Hey, hey, Cabo, I also want to get to uh, your book, The uh, Spirituality Before Religion. Religion before, yeah. no, spirituality, spiritual reality before religion. I wanted to that's talk it, about me. that book right there. Can you explain? Yeah, that, yeah, that's my second book, Spirituality Before Religion. It's on Amazon. And Spirituality Before Religion, that's my second book. My first book was written honoring Professor William Leo Hansberry, mm -hmm. who was the architect for the African Studies program. Everybody interested in African Studies, everybody interested in Black Studies, all Black Studies departments. The one thing that we all have to realize is that indirectly or directly, William Leo Hansberry had something to do with the development of that program. And so I wanted to pay homage to William Leo Hansberry for all the work he did because it is an African tradition that before we engage in anything, we always pay homage to our ancestors by libation. And that's what I'm calling the intellectual libation. The second book, Spirituality Before Religions, is subtitled Spirituality is Unseen Science. And science is seen spirituality. And, I, and I, I wrote that book pretty much for the same reason, the question that you had. Yes. Like, who did we worship before? Yes. Well, spirituality before religion attempts to answer that question by analyzing the scripts and the writings and the teachings of our ancestors in Kush Kemet, which we today would call Egypt and Sudan and Ethiopia. And so spirituality before religion analyzes the Memphite theology, the pyramid text that's written, carved on the walls, the coffin text, which was written during the Middle Kingdom of Africa, the Book of the Coming Forth Today, misnomer, the Book of the Dead. Yeah. The Aten Text and Shabaka Stone, which is my third book. But I, I introduced it in Spirituality Before Religion. Yes. And, what I, and I did not insult any religions. Because, question. you know, I realized and respect the fact that Christianity helped us. You know, there's a brilliant psychologist. His name is Dr. Amos Wilson. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Amos Wilson used to always say that an, a good organization solves its people's needs, solves its people's problems, and meets its people's needs. Right. Christianity, when we were enslaved, solved a lot of our problems. And it met our needs for the time that we were enslaved. The story of this Jesus the Christ was quite a story. In fact, most black people saw themselves as Jesus Christ. Correct. It helped them get through the pain. Because if, 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 if they didn't have something to hope for, a lot of times the human mind wants to know, well, why do I need to live if there is nothing that I will ever be able to do. So right. this religion helped them. But 
also said that a religion that no longer meets your needs and solves your problems is like carrying the boat on your back after you cross the river. (laughs) While, While the boat got you across the river, it served its purpose. It's good you had a boat. But if you continue to carry that boat on your back, when you're on land, it becomes a burden. And so while not insulting our people's religions, be they Hebrew or Christian or Muslim or Rosicrucian or Buddhist or Zoroastri, whatever, it wasn't about insulting other religions. Because I respect all of the holy books. I've read many of them from the Torah uh, or the five books of Moses that, that, that bounds uh, Hebrew uh, to the New Testament of the Christian to the Quran. Yeah. I have much respect for those books. In fact, if people acted the way those books talk, minus the contradictions, this would be a great world. Yeah. Because I can show you Genesis in Africa, I can show you where Genesis came from. I can tell you where Cain and Abel came from. I can tell you where the prodigal son came from. I can tell you where the flood came from. I can show you where they stole our text, but I don't have a problem with the Bible or the, the Quran or the five books of Moses or the Rig Veda. I don't have a problem with your book. I have a problem with your interpretation. Right. But they were all metaphor. They weren't made to be taken literal. In fact, in my book, Spirituality Before Religions, I have a place where I'll show you where the entire concept of the eating of the body and drinking of the blood of Jesus Christ, which is called the Eucharistic Feast, I can show you where that came from in Africa on the walls that existed thousands of years before Christianity. I can show you where that scripture came from. But they didn't mean for you to take it literally. They were talking about the human being once died, that they eat the body and of the God, then drink the blood of the God. But they didn't mean it literally. What they basically were saying is that you are what you eat. You are what you drink. And if you partake of divinity, you become divine. But the eating and drinking wasn't literal. It was a metaphor. Not just for death, but for life too. That if you partake of the divine actions on earth, you will manifest the earthly creator within you. You read the right books. You associate with the right people. You get away from negativity. Okay, you are partaking of the divine. And in partaking of the divine, you become divine. Correct. That, that's that spirituality before religions. That's what I meant to do. I thought from what I studied, there's two cosmic commandments. The first commandment is, Know that you are the creator having a human experience 
And the second commandment is to treat the creator's creation as you treat yourself. Simple, yet complex. Because folks tripping over trying to do that. Yeah, you're right about that. Because I've seen so much stuff up in Egypt after, you know, I, I, went, I, I, I can't wait to go to Egypt, by the way. Because just me doing some research, I was looking up over there. I can't remember the brother name who take the tours out there. And he be uh, uh, um, telling people the, the uh, real definitions of these scriptures, these um, hieroglyphs on the walls. And he was telling us about uh, like spots of where they got the Jesus concept, the Buddha concept. Set. They talk about horse and all of them. It, it, it was crazy, crazy right there. I got yeah, that. You talking about Tony Browder? I'm sorry, say his name again. Tony Brown, Anthony. I think it's. He does tours. I think it's Anthony. His name definitely starts with an A. Anthony Browder. Yeah, that's a good brother. That, that brother respect. is great. Man, we have a lot of respect for what he and his daughter Atlantis are doing. There it goes. He's doing groundbreaking work, man. I seen him show me from when I said carves on the wall. I'm talking about he showed me light bulbs. This man showed me Dennis. <laughs> I'm talking about certain brain surgeons, <laughs> brain surgeons on the wall. I'm talking about so much stuff that was here thousands and thousands of years ago, but yet this year we're hearing okay, Thomas Edison made this, or you know what I'm saying? They built this, and I'm like. Hold on, that stuff carved it. Like I said, after I woke up and seen all this stuff, it's like I can't go back no more. You know what I'm That's saying? It. I'm like, cause well, you, man, you went through the Stargate, brother. You can't go back. Exactly. I'm like, everything is getting taken. It's just like we we need to really get back into our old state of mind and get back to the archetype, like you say, brother. It's the, as soon as like it. It's going to take a little bit. Why? Because people bred to it, like I said, man. We, grow up, we grew up to this. It's going to be a lot when you get into your 30s or late 20s after you not, you know what I'm saying, did so much, you know what I'm saying, you're bred to it. It's like uh, yeah. it's like meat. I want to I wanna stop eating meat. I know I'm not supposed to have it. I know this in the back of my head already, but I'm not... Used to eat because I, I didn't like that as a kid or whatever, so I'm not used to it. So it's like now I'm trying to find substitutes right now so I can be able to stop eating meat. But it's like I'm bred to it. I've been eating this all my life. This is what's good to me. You know, it's just hey. a hard thing to fight, you know what I'm saying? And I know it in the back of my head. It's a lot that I got to work with for myself as well. You know what I'm saying? All of us, brother. All of us. All of us have to work towards that. All of us, myself included. Man, I used to I used to judge a city by how they're red state. <laughs> I you judged the whole saying? state by how one person treated me. <laughs> oh man. I, I I ate cold pig feet, hot pig feet, pickled pig feet, ham hops. I ate it all. Uh-huh. And so I'm I'm not, you know, I'm not coming to the community, but once I met Dr. Sabi in 1988, Good I man. couldn't eat meat no more, brother. Good man right there, but, by the way. But, man, let me tell you this, brother. The way to do it is gradual. The way to do it is to do it gradually. Yeah. And little by little, step by step, 
able to. So, you know, like if you want to think about it, you know, you can begin by, um, by, by stopping eating certain things. You know, like some people stop eating pork and then they stop eating beef. You know, and then they stop eating chicken and then they stop eating uh, fish. Them last two going to be hard, brother. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah, yeah, hey, brother, I was there. I know. Man, I, man, I grew up kicking, kicking all sorts of meat. Uh-huh. So I don't come as a saint. But since 1988, and you see, my first reason for being vegetarian is not the damage that it does to you. Because your body wasn't meant to put flesh in it. Exactly. But the first reason, now, that's my first reason when I first became vegetarian. But then as I began to study organic life more, I began to realize that Animals should not be killed to satiate my hunger. Exactly. They have a reason to be on this planet, and it's not to be in my mouth. So the first reason why I don't eat meat is for spiritual reasons. Because remember, all animals, plants, rocks, and everything are the creator's creation. Correct. And how you treat them reflects how you feel about the creator. Now, yeah. ain't nobody cooked fried chicken like my mother. Mm -hmm. And when I really start getting pangs to go back to eating, I think of my mother's chicken wings. Oh, yeah. But then all of a sudden, the thought comes to me. Is should that chicken die? Oh, and by the way, when people say which came first, the chicken or the egg, the egg came first because the chicken is the descendant of a reptile. Mm. So if people, you know, people always say, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Well, the answer in science is the egg came first. It's not a hard question to answer. It's only hard when you don't understand science right. because the egg, the, the chicken came out of the transmutation of a particular reptile that came forward through an egg, and that is the chicken. Wow. Wow, that's something else. And, and a lot of stuff. <laughs> and to me, to me, I feel like everything right now anyway, we getting anyway as eating in these stores. Everything is fake to me right now anyway. To me, I got this whole thing in my head. Like, uh, uh. If we really eat out here eating the real meat, I believe every animal would be extinct by now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because there's a lot of people out here eating that stuff, man. And oh, yeah. I'm trying I to understand, win. brother. <laughs> hey, man, I was there. They sure get me, I was man. there, brother. I, I ate it. it all. I ate it all. I enjoyed it all. But once you know better, you got to do better. Thing is, I know better. I know better. <laughs> I know better. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. It's hard, brother. I ain't gonna lie to you. I know but now it's just a matter of you, of you working on it. Right. Now that you know better, just work on it. You know? Like, folk that say, oh, I, I drink so much soda, or I, I yeah. drink or eat this. I, I say, well, why don't you just substitute, instead of getting 
two cups of, of uh, uh, two bottles of wa- uh, uh, soda. Why not get one water and one soda? Mm-hmm. And little by little get off of what it is that we're doing. Don't try to do it all at once because sometimes when you do it all at once, uh, you get very frustrated and sometimes you go back doing what you wanted to stop worse than the way you did it before. Correct. Little by little, step by step. Have mercy on yourself. Don't beat yourself up. You know, add yeah. more salads, collard greens, you know, to your meal. Correct. String beans. You know, just add more green things. Begin by there. <laughs> I'm definitely so, starting to mess with a couple green things. Now, like I said, I'm just looking for my substitutes so I can find some for at least 14 days. <laughs> if I can find some for 14 days, I know I'm good to go. I'm good to go. But like you said, yeah, it does step by step. There's a few of them I don't even eat right now, so I guess it won't be too hard, but that that, that chicken and that <coughs> fish, man. <laughs> I know what you say. Yeah. I ate my portion of chicken in my lifetime, brother. I hear that, man. Hi, everybody, man. I'm glad everybody joined in. So, hey, we we're gonna uh we're gonna go on commercial break real quick. Man, we're gonna get right back at you. Brother, you can get us a good track on real Mike. Bitch, I'm young, I'm fresh, I'm cool, I'm clean. I'm young, I'm fresh, I'm cool, I'm clean. I'm cool. 
going on? We back, we back, we back. I was way off from the mic right there. I'm looking somewhere else. But yeah, we hey, we back. Me, Marcus, we got Cabo on the line. We still here, man. Cabo, brother, we are sitting there talking, man, just right now. Me and the engineer, Hunter. You know what I'm saying? He's one of our, he, he's not one of our, he's the engineer. That's the man right there, you know good what I'm saying? Very good guy. And we're All just right. talking about this history and stuff right now and stuff like, it, it's crazy how stuff was stripped and we only go back 400 years in these school systems right now. Everybody got an AD, a BD, but we only go back 400 years in the school system. Like, why? You know what I'm saying? And, and people starting to know that's a lie. Why ain't why is stuff ain't getting fixed? What's what's up with that? You got comments on that? Well, you know, my thing in terms of you're 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 asking me why are they not allowing uh, the truth to be told in school? Is that is, yeah, is, is your question, but yeah, yeah, I want to know your comment on that. Well, why why you you in the school system like you said you talk yeah. every class, you know? Yeah. Well, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. I developed a um, curriculum mm -hmm. uh, for the African-American experience in, in Indianapolis, Indiana. And for those that would be interested, you can go to www.thehistoricjourney.com. Thehistoricjourney.com. And you'll see um, the curriculum that I assisted in developing. And they brought me out to Indianapolis to do uh, staff development with the teachers. And it was interesting. It was a good relationship. However, I was talking about, I was doing the math of the pyramids. I was showing the relationship of what we today call the Pythagorean theorem in the building of Imhotep's step pyramid, which means that A squared plus B squared equals C squared existed a thousand years before Pythagoras was alive. So it couldn't be the Pythagoras, the Pythagorean film. I went on to show them how Africans had perfected the rounding of the square and the squaring of the circle in the development of Khufu's perfect pyramid. Because the construction of that pyramid, if you take half of the perimeter of Khufu's pyramid and divide it by the height of the pyramid, 481.4 feet, it is equal to 3.14. Right. And that was the math and the science, the technology of African people. But the great majority of teachers, of course, were of European descent. And one of the teachers raised the hand and said, I'm feeling a little uncomfortable right now. And I said, well, why are you uncomfortable? And she said, because the way you're talking about Africans, it seems like Africans are up here. And she sort of kind of pointed up. And she said, Europeans are down here. And I smiled because I didn't mention the word Europe one time. So why would you feel uncomfortable learning about the greatness of African people? Right. And it is for the same reason that they're fighting the critical race theory. They don't even know what they're talking about. Critical race theory you don't teach in school. 
you, so what they're talking about, they don't even know what they're talking about. You don't teach the critical race theory in school. You teach my curriculum in school, but that's not the critical race theory. The critical race theory is a legal concept that you teach in law school. Right. So the, the reason why they don't want to teach this is because they know that their children will have to learn the greatness of black people. And so therefore you will not be able to ever feel superior over another black person again if you know the truth. Correct. And the only thing I can say, fam, is if I were them, I would do the same thing. Because this society is based on a concept of the supremacy of people of European descent. That is not true. It never has been true. It will never be true. It is an illusion. However, even an illusion, if you believe it, becomes a reality, if you believe it. Right. But it's an illusion. So they're trying to keep this information out of school. They don't want to teach the, 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 the children. But you want to know something? I don't want to teach them either. I don't want to teach them. If you say to me, I'm speaking to people who say they don't want to be taught the truth, then I don't want to be around you. I don't want to teach you the truth. Why am I going to try to make you be somebody that you cannot be? Right. I don't want to teach your children. But I'll tell you this. Don't get in the way of teaching the people that want to know it. Exactly. I have been called into many communities of European descent to explain to them certain things. I have been exposed to Europeans that want to know this. I have also been exposed to Europeans that don't want no part of it. And my response is, I want to teach this to my people. African people. African American people. Yes. That's who I want to teach. Yes. That's who I want to teach too. But that's why I felt like this conversation was needed. Like we just really needed this conversation. Everybody needs to be hearing this. And like I said, it's we ain't even touching to a lot of things, but I appreciate all this, all these, this knowledge and wisdom you're giving us, brother, and I Definitely love what you're doing, man. I love what you're doing, brother. I appreciate that, brother. I appreciate that. You know, and as we come to the um, closing times, brother, I just want to encourage the community to go to Amazon and download uh, my books. You can go to my name, Kabahaya Wafa Kamene, if you so choose, or you can go to the books, Spirituality Before Religion. I encourage you to go to my website, www.kabakamene.com, K-A-B-A-K-A-M-E-N-E.com. Yes. And you said that you said I, that was your second book, right? Yeah, Spirituality Before Religion was my second book. What was Shabaka the first? Stone, Shabaka Stone is my third book. That's my latest book that I just published. What was the first one? The first one was William Leo Hansberry. Okay. Okay, and that is a libation to the uh, architect, the one that built the, the very first African studies program at Howard University in 1922. Mm. Wow. Then came Spirituality Before Religions was my second book. I published that in 2019. And then this third book I just published in March of 2021. Okay. I don't write because I'm a writer. 
I write books because I got something to say. Exactly. And it needs to be heard. I hope everybody heard that because I hope everybody go on Amazon and get those books today or when yes, you got time. It don't matter. Just make sure y'all go out there and get that book. And you can go to my Instagram also. A lot of information that I have up on Instagram. I put a lot of snippets of presentations that I've done. I put a lot of different types of information up. Uh, have good variety of information that goes up on my Instagram account. And um, it's at Kabakamene. Again, K-A-B-A-K-A-M-E-N-E. There's so much information, family. There's so many wonderful things about us that we ought to know. And while we understand the pain that we've been through, particularly now that we've gone through this past year, really five years when you stop and think about it, but when you talk about a pandemic, when you talk about a virus, African Americans have lived in a pandemic for 400 and something years. And we were able to get out of that pandemic. We were able to inoculate ourselves. We were able to find a vaccine that was able to take care of the virus. And what we and our vaccine for this human virus for the past 400 years was self-love, was a deep understanding of who we are as a people and what it is that we have to do in our future. And I say no distractions. Keep on keeping on. Mm -hmm. It ain't over till we win. Correct. That's some real stuff. Very deep, man. I appreciate you again, brother. This is this is a powerful moment. And I hope to have you on the show again. I hope you be available for this again, brother. My brother, we will continue the conversation. This is the beginning of a great movement forward for all of us and for all of the listeners that are listening to your program. I just want to tell you this. In all of my life, and all of my search, I found the most valuable thing we have. The most valuable thing we have is time. Time is the most precious thing that each of us has. If you had a, you had a human being on their deathbed and told them, I can give you one thing and one thing only, what would it be? I don't think it would be more money, more houses, more sneakers, more change. I think they would ask for a little bit more time. Time is the most precious thing you have. And the way you use your time is the most important decision that you're going to make. And so when you think of that concept of time being so precious, I have to tell you how much I appreciate your willingness to spend time with me and to invite me to spend time with you. Because for the past close to two hours, we have spent the most valuable thing we have, mm -hmm. and that's time. And I respect your time. I'll never waste your time, and I'll never let anyone waste mine. It is precious. Hold on to it and don't use it unwisely. 
Time you're gonna have my eyes probably open all the way. So. I got you. Brother. <laughs> you there and now, you're gonna open up your eyes. Your eyes are already open, brother. All yeah. you gotta do is look uh-huh. and see what you're looking at. Yes, Sharpen your eye and tune your ear so you know what you see and you understand what you hear. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm talking minute about. Minute by minute, hour by hour, as you lose your history, you lose your power. So sharpen your eye, tune your ear yes, so sir. you know what you see. And understand what you hear. Yes, yes sir. sir. There we have it. You heard the man. Yes, sir. Good show, man. And we Good out, show, man. Yes. Love y'all, Crowboy Entertainment. All right. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. Hulums Nation. Crump Boy Entertainment. Basehead Junkies. You already know what time it is, man. I know a yeah. whole bunch of players out there, man. I mean, yeah. some of the good and some of the bad. You feel me? Hey, I know a whole bunch of players A whole bunch of niggas who be seeing that paper A whole bunch of bitches who be catching that vapor I ain't spinning, you ain't fucking well, bitch, I'll see you later I know a whole bunch of knocks A whole bunch of niggas who be making shit hot A whole bunch of niggas who be blowing up the spot Niggas that you catching deals, then they blowing up the cops hey, I know a whole bunch of players a whole bunch of niggas who be seeing that paper A whole bunch of bitches who be catching that vapor I ain't spinning, you ain't fucking well, bitch, I'll see you later I know a whole bunch of knocks A whole bunch of niggas who be making shit hot A whole bunch of niggas who be blowing up the spot Niggas that you catching deals, then they blowing up the cops hey, I know a whole bunch of young niggas holding that steel Whole bunch of niggas up it when the shit gets real I know a bunch of niggas who be rapping, they blocking A bunch of young niggas who be selling that rock I know a bunch of niggas who invest in they blocking A bunch of young bitches who invest in that cock a bunch of police and they protecting they block What the fuck was the cops when my cousin got shot? God damn Oh, and what the fuck was the block when my kinfolk got knocked? Hold your head, little nigga, we gon' keep this bitch locked race hell on them cobbles when they let you back out Cause niggas snitchin', boy, they tellin' when they want to Fuck that 40 grand, that K, I'm run up on you It's gon' be a bunch of bullets trippin' out the sunroof And when the beam's on you, then what you gon' do, nigga? God damn Oh, you the shit, that's some shit someone told you You ain't fresh, little bitch, that's that old Juice, keep the pole on patrol when I roll through, god damn Oh, check the price on the ice, bitch, it's cold Two, you got coke, he got coke, we got cold Two, I don't play, I know players, I told you I know a whole bunch of players A whole bunch of niggas who be seeing that paper A whole bunch of bitches who be catching that vapor I ain't spinning, you ain't fucking well, bitch, I'll see you later I know a whole bunch of knocks A whole bunch of niggas who be making shit hot A whole bunch of niggas who be blowing up the spot Niggas that you catching deals, then they blowing up the cops, hey. I know a whole bunch of players a whole bunch of niggas who be seeing that paper A whole bunch of bitches who be catching that vapor I ain't spinning, you ain't fucking well, bitch, I'll see you later I know a whole bunch of knocks A whole bunch of niggas who be making shit hot A whole bunch of niggas who be blowing up the spot Niggas that you catching deals, then they blowing up the cops, hey. I know a whole bunch of old heads Tell me how to move like they stack my own bread Tell me don't trust no niggas, they'll send you to the feds And don't trust these hoes, they'll fucking mans I know a whole bunch of bitch niggas that'll kill For a name to fame and one to say they real I know a whole bunch of niggas that'll pull it to your spot with the K and shotty a couple funnies, they gon' add out. Hold on. 
Try to ride me and they for sure gone I've been taking penitentiary since I hit so long I know a couple players in the gym and they can come on I know a couple niggas out here wanna see the kids But they can't cause they bitch acting like it ain't his Now she wanna send them to cold Put them on child support, jumping through ropes I can't cope, ho God dang I know a whole bunch of internet fake motherfuckers Ain't no need to duckin', ain't no need to duckin' We know you motherfuckers and we ain't seen nothin' I know a whole bunch of players, a whole bunch of niggas who be seeing that paper, a whole bunch of bitches who be catching that vapor. I ain't spinning, you ain't fucking well, bitch. I see you later. I know a whole bunch of knocks, a whole bunch of niggas who be making shit hot, a whole bunch of niggas who be blowing up the spot, niggas that you catching deals, then they blowing up the cops. Hey. I know a whole bunch of players, a whole bunch of niggas who be seeing that paper, a whole bunch of bitches who be catching that vapor. I ain't spinning, you ain't fucking well, bitch. I see you later. I know a whole bunch of knocks. A whole bunch of niggas who be making shit hot A whole bunch of niggas who be blowing up the spot Niggas that you catching deals, then they blowing up the cops, hey. I know a whole bunch of players